Rick Madison, Rick and Friends, and I have a special guest today. He's trying to get a job with the city, <laughs> and uh, his name is uh, James Kay. Welcome to the Rick and Friends show. Great to be here. Thanks, Rick. So, James, you put your hat into the ring to be a city councillor come this fall. Um, do you want to tell me about that moment when you told your family you were you were going off in this crazy endeavor? My family has known for years that I wanted to be involved in leading uh, the city, helping the city grow and improve. And so I sat down with my wife, and, and she's my biggest supporter. She certainly understands what I'm hoping to achieve, what I'm hoping to do, and is cautiously optimistic. She's obviously nervous about what it means for our family, but she's she's right there behind me. My kids think it's really cool. My kids think it's great that I might be in, able to sit at the table and help make decisions that influence our community. So a whole lot of support from, from my loved ones. That's good, because you're going to need it. You're going to need it, absolutely. <laughs> now tell me a little bit about your, your background, because maybe certain people are not educated about your experience and, and what what makes you, you know, perhaps qualified to help lead our city? I'm first and foremost an entrepreneur. I run a small business here in Kelowna and I have grown a small business. So I have employees, I have payroll, I balance a budget. I'm a civil engineer by training. And so I design and construct roads and pipes and infrastructure. And I have been very involved in various um, organizations like Rotary, like Habitat for Humanity, like Silver Lake Camp. And so I have a whole lot of philanthropy and giving back, experience on boards, experience in front of councils, experience watching the council process work. And as a result, I want to help guide the city to through some critical decisions in the next couple of years. Is this uh, a pivotal time for you? In, in regards to the city's growth, do you think we're at a crossroads, so to speak? We absolutely are. Kelowna's booming and there's a lot of people trying to move here. And at the same time, accommodating those people can't come at the expense of those of us that already live here. I'm running this year specifically because the key decisions that are being made are around housing, around roads and infrastructure and how to support these people. And quite frankly, the experience I bring hopefully helps influence council's decision, helps inform council's decisions so that we're preparing for the future, we're spending reasonably and sustainably, and we're accommodating growth at a reasonable price. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the, how, how long did you work at the city? Five years. Okay, and so in what department were you in? So I was development engineering manager. We were the, the engineering team that reviews and, and ensures the city gets the infrastructure it needs to accommodate new development. During that time, were you, were you off the side of your desk writing notes of things you would, you would probably tweak or change or anything? Absolutely. I mean, the city evolves fairly quickly. It, it improves regularly. And so absolutely, there was a list of things that we were trying to improve and a list of things that if I had the ability, I would help improve. And, and during that time, you, you have many friends, I'm sure, still in the planning department and all that kind of thing. Does that, is it, is it going to be a tough, let me, let me phrase this correctly. Will it be tough? Because I know part of your platform is to tighten things up, make sure you have more efficiencies, you know, obviously work with uh, Doug Gilchrist, CAO, on, on these ideas and thoughts. But is it going to be tough to go in there wearing a different hat? And I'm not saying you're going in there, but I'm saying you are influencing and, and having discussions about different things that could could happen. 
it'll be a different perspective for sure, but I think that's the key value that I bring. Having worked inside City Hall, I know how it works. I know what they need to to be better, to be more efficient. And so absolutely, from a council perspective, it'll be a different relationship with these people. However, I loved my time at the city. They did a great job, they do great work, and so I'm going there to support them, make sure they get the resources and the tools they need and the mandate they need. And so this should be a very positive experience for both sides. We, we should talk about a bit about planning and about uh, the city of Kelowna's future because we have, I don't know, I've lost count of how many towers are actually approved to be built. And it seems like we are, we're bursting at the seams in a lot of areas. How, how does your, your planning background help a city that, you know, is, is fundamentally at a crossroads? We're growing exponentially. We, you know, our, our five-year population growth is, is still probably going to be in the best in Canada. So how, how are you going to help or how are you going to help steer that? I think it's important to start with my role as a counselor is to listen and to provide critical analysis, critical questions, and, and ultimately come to consensus at the council table. So I'm not coming in expecting to direct things, but I'm coming in understanding that growth is essential, that these residents are moving here, and that our ability to support them is critical. And so creating the high rises and the opportunities means we do need to build transit, trails, and roads. We do need to provide water and wastewater service, fire service, police service. And so understanding how to incent growth, how to get growth done well, but then how to support it is a critical part of what I bring to council table. Okay, so I, I want to chat a bit about you own a company or you're, you're an ownership in a, in a company. And with that, you know, there's a lots of home building and, and development permits that you're going to see. Um, how often are you going to recuse yourself from those meetings? Because obviously you have a, there's going to be a conflict at some point with one of the matters that's presented to council. The integrity of councillors and council decisions is, is absolutely the priority. So anything where I have a, a financial interest or a personal interest or any other direct conflict, absolutely I recuse myself immediately. There's no possibility, there's no way you, you blur that line. That said, I've tried to make myself an integral part of the community, been very involved with the Chamber of Commerce, very involved with different industry associations, very involved with various charities and, and um, not pro- not-for-profits. And so those aren't conflicts. Those are areas where I bring experience, bring understanding, but without an interest or without the decision impacting me personally, that's where I bring insight and wouldn't need to recuse myself. Are you going to be able to balance uh, those two roles? It's a challenge for sure. I look at the the politicians that serve us provincially, federally, and locally, and those that are working, those that are leading teams, those that are making payroll, they have to find a way to balance. It's challenging, but I'm very fortunate with the support of my family and the support of my colleagues that I can prioritize the council work on the days where the council work needs to be done. I can do the research and the homework and the community consultation in my spare time and still work a full uh, be gainfully employed and work a full-time job. Okay, well, enjoy the lack of sleep. It'll be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. My question is, I've seen a lot of skilled politicians. They are able to uh, somewhat put their ego aside and, and build consensus around a table. Is is that you? Are you an effective, skilled negotiator and consensus builder? Absolutely. I've had a lot of chance to work on boards and with different groups, particularly volunteer groups. 
I'm fully aware that the success of the organization, the success of the team, is about getting the majority of people on side and pulling together. It's also about ensuring that those who are not excited about that choice have been heard, have asked critical questions, have been given the answers they need, and given a chance to make their position known. And so this council needs five votes at least, ideally more, on critical decisions. And my role is to ask critical questions, come informed, come prepared, and make sure that we put the best information on the table. At that point, trying to build consensus is the only way forward. So if you look at the makeup of council right now, is there anybody, you don't have to name names, but would you say that that, that magic number five, so your fab five, um, would you say that there is going to be like-minded people that you could effectively build consensus with knowing, you know, let's say we run at an 80, 90% incumbent rate for re-election. Do you think with the current makeup, you could build a, a five out of that? Absolutely. The, the current council is remarkably aligned. They, they generally have a cohesive vision and with Imagine Kelowna and with their official community plan, they know where they'd like to go. My challenge as a new face at the table is to ask the tough questions and, and try and steer things in a direction that represents the people. For example, financial responsibility and respecting the taxpayer. My voice at the council table will be questioning expending, questioning expenditures, questioning whether these are, are decisions that we need and investments that we need right now, or if there are other ways to, to make it work. And so we will build consensus, we will pull together, but we will explore options and alternatives and solutions. So often when, when people run for council, they have, a, they have an idea, they have a vision, um, they have something they want to change or affect or influence. If, if there's anything that you think I, you bring to the table that you can effectively do one of those things with, is there one issue in particular you are going to sink your teeth into? It really starts for me with respecting the taxpayer. We all pay our taxes, we all pay an enormous amount of money to City Hall, and we trust that the council and staff are using that money wisely. My number one piece of my platform is around scrutinizing that, not necessarily reducing. However, making sure that the police are funded and have the tools they need, the fire department is funded and have the tools that it needs, that the staff have the mandate and the resources to get it done. We're seeing backlogs and delays at City Hall that, that if resourced properly, they could be more efficient, more effective, and, our, and the municipal operation could be, frankly, more timely. So you spent most of your time in the planning department. Um, is there any any area, perchance, that you see that you would immediately start scrutinizing? Absolutely. There are certain areas of, of the operation that need to be scrutinized. And our current city manager has made it a priority to get rid of low-value operations, low-value initiatives, streamline, make things more efficient. And so that's important. The customer service aspect, getting back to citizens, letting citizens know how they can contact and get involved is important. But from my perspective, the most important one is staff have some amazing ideas and business cases. Staff have some amazing initiatives they'd like to move forward around energy efficiency, around sustainability, but they don't have the resources to do it. And so council needs to be aware of those. Council needs to talk about those. Council needs to decide if investing in an old building to make it more energy efficient has a good payback. That's a project that needs to be prioritized. And so, yes, there are... I'm certainly aware of, of a lot of great ideas that need to be actioned, and I'd like to be part of making them happen.
So we're talking a bit about money, city money, and being being very aware of the the taxpayers, what they're putting out, and making sure that money is used effectively. Should we? Could we call your wife and just find out if, if the household finances are in good order? You're welcome to, and she would she would concur, but she'd remind you that she's the uh, the hawk, hawk of the finances, making sure we're, we're very careful. But yes, you can certainly call her. Um, so that being said, uh, the budget is a massive document, and, and I've, I've only held it. I haven't actually read it. Are you going to read that page to page and, and actually take your highlighter and make notes on, on the, what the city staff puts in front of you? Absolutely, yes. I've had the privilege of being on the inside of the budget preparation process. I've had the opportunity to see how it comes together. I've seen how staff very effectively prioritize and then try and negotiate the compromises to bring council what they believe is the best budget. But councillors absolutely have to go through it line by line. Councillors absolutely have to ask the tough questions. If we didn't fund this, what would it mean? If we did fund this project, what would that mean? And how to to make sure that what they're being presented by staff actually represents the best solution for the community and the taxpayer. So here's a tough question. You ready? Let's go. How many councillors do you think read the last budget page by page? You'd have to ask them. I, all I know is I can promise you I will read it page by page. I will go through it. But they are, they are briefed by staff. They, staff take them through it line by line. So I'd be confident that, that they have. So what's interesting, though, is I think it was Ryan Don who mentioned that they're not getting the information soon enough from the city staff to actually pour over, it, pour over the, the information and actually read through critical points. Like he, he was saying, you're giving us the information late. So we're not able to actually effectively read through all the content. Um, do you remember, like, it, from your past experience seeing uh, city council meetings, it seems to me that that's a key part of being a councillor is, is understanding the information. Is that is that going to be a key part of your your pledge is, is I'm going to read through every brief and make sure I'm well prepared? Absolutely, yes. And that's where my technical background allows me the I enjoy numbers, I enjoy budgets, I enjoy making sure that, that the, the projects are in the right order. Council has several touch points on the budget throughout. And it's an interesting comments from, from Mr. Don. I think council has a responsibility if they feel it's moving too fast or they feel they don't have enough information, pause. Council are the decision makers, and if, if the budget needs to come earlier, then the direction is the budget will come earlier. I think that, that council shouldn't be passing it unless they've all weighed in, they've all dissected it, and they're all confident that it's time to vote. Okay, let's talk taxes. Are you going to maintain tax, drop tax, increase tax? Like, What are you going to do, James? Rick, I wish I could tell you I could lower them, or I wish I could tell you I could pause them, because on one side of my brain, that's, that's the right answer. But the reality right now is costs are rising and citizens across Kelowna who have been polled say it's not about lower taxes or even pausing taxes, it's about better service. So my commitment is to make sure that the dollars that are being spent are being spent effectively to make sure that our, our first responders, that our, our bureaucracy, that our city staff dollars are being spent effectively and to respect the taxpayer so that if increases need to happen, if increases have to outpace inflation, that it comes with a very specific result for the community, that it's an investment that the, the community can support. So I'd like to be very fiscally responsible. I'd like to keep things very tight. But there are times when tax increases are essential, and I will commit to making sure it's justifiable and communicated well.
Three, two, one. So I've uh, I've hosted a, a homelessness podcast. And part of the reason why I was doing that was because it seemed to be from, from business owners to citizens to police to, well, virtually everyone has been touched in some way by we have a, a homeless population that's growing. There's very diverse issues associated with it. And for me, um, I was more interested in is there, are we getting better? Are we building something that's going to help sustain us? Because again, you know, there's a, there's a myriad of, of issues facing these people on the streets. Uh, we're humans and, and how we treat those other fellow humans is important. It's such a hornet's nest politically because for a city, how much do you dedicate to resources? Because there's uh, provincial, there's federal, like there's a whole bunch of different um, BC housing. There's a lot of different stakeholders in regards to that. What is your position in regards to homelessness and how how Kelowna reacts or, or works with those stakeholders? Homelessness is a critical issue facing our community. We need to get creative. We need innovative solutions. We need to make a difference. I'd argue that we're already doing, we're punching above our weight with BC Housing and the provincial government. Kelowna is making real progress on the urgent and critical side of things. However, I really think in addressing homelessness, Kelowna can do more on the front of um, attainable housing for those in need. This involves um, things like replacing mobile home parks. They're being relocated, they're being, being removed from their, from certain areas of the community, but they're not being replaced. Perhaps the most affordable type of, of housing and perhaps a key step to getting people out of homelessness and into attainable housing. We're also not doing enough to engage the private sector. It's wonderful that BC Housing is, is creating these opportunities. It's wonderful that the city is, is fighting for them. But we have yet to really engage the private sector and turn to the builders and the developers in our community and say, we need attainable housing. We need homeless solutions. How can you help? And I think that if we get creative around those solutions, we can see meaningful progress towards addressing and ultimately solving this homelessness crisis. Would you say it's a top three, top five issue for Kelowna? For me personally, it's number two. It's absolutely the second tenant of my, my campaign and part of the reason that I'm running. I think it has probably, it, it's, it's number one for the city. I mean, at this point, we've got areas redeveloping and we're displacing people. We've got We've got more and more people in need, and if the economy continues like this, we're going to see more and more challenges and pressure on the system. We must do more. We must do more quickly. And that involves the third tenant of my campaign, which is helping staff turn things around faster. These solutions need to be acted on. They need solutions now. And so we need to expedite these in order to get them in the ground and people with a roof over their head. Occasionally, there's an issue that comes up, and, and both sides are, quite frankly, evil. <laughs> like there's, as Ramatusi once said, there's less evil, and then there's, you know, lesser evil. So, and, and because he says, I think people come into council with the idea or the mindset that there's going to be a shining good, and there's going to be a shining bad. But sometimes, it's just less bad. Are, are you okay standing against the rest of council if, if it's something that speaks to you and, and the way you understand something, this is going to be, you're going to stand on an island? Like, are you okay with that situation? 
I will always stand up for what I believe in. I will always make my, my voice and my opinion known. And if I end up being the only person on the other side, I will stand strong and, and stand up for that, that position. However, I'll note that I failed because my job is to convince at least four others that there is merit in my argument, that there's merit in the, the reasons why I'm saying yes or no to that issue. And so we may not be done if I'm the only one standing there. We will continue to discuss and continue to, to explore options and solutions with hopes of, of finding an option that's less evil and in fact a, a good solution for the community. So I want to just pause and say thank you to, uh, to listening to this Rick and Friends show um, because it means you're interested in, in municipal affairs and you're interested in the candidates and, and all that kind of good things. Now, that being said, can you relay some of the information about how council works and what its role is? Because I think a lot of people may or may not think it, it, you know, it, it runs the city, so to speak, and they're not sure of the relationship with city staff. So you want to just uh, add some information to, to what the role of a councillor is. To all of our listeners across Kelowna, City Council has the most direct impact on your lives of any level of government. This council meets regularly and talks about the, the, the official community plan, which is the direction the city is going to go, what we need, what we have, how to protect it. City council sits and decides things like bylaws, how big a uh, uh, home next door can be, how tall, how many cars can be in the driveway, um, business licenses, uh, other other the decisions that are made at City Council have the most direct impact. And at the same time, only about a third of Kelowna residents come out and vote. And so absolutely, I want to, to let everybody know it is important, it is critical. These decisions will affect where your roads go, um, how you can get to work or not, traffic. It impacts whether there's clean water coming out of the taps, whether there's, there's adequate sanitation, garbage collection. These are all decisions that happen at the City Council table, as well as are your taxes going up and down? Are we hiring more staff? Are we, are we reducing staff? Are we adding recreation facilities, a cultural center, a new Parkinson Rec Center? These decisions all happen at the council table. So folks, please come out and vote. Please come out and vote for those that best represent your, your ideals and your vision for Kelowna because city council has an enormous impact on our day-to-day lives. Let's talk a little bit about that, uh, that significant landmass that's, uh, you know, it's prime real estate, undeveloped. We're talking about the, the land that the, the mill was on. And for the most part, I mean, it's given the fact that we have a population growth that we do, there's a lot of wonderful thoughts and ideas surrounding that property. It's privately owned. Is there a role for city council in, in regards to the direction of the land or is, is that considered meddling? Absolutely, City Council has a role in this. City Council will be the ultimate decision maker on anything that happens on those lands. And so it really is a once in a lifetime opportunity for the landowner, for the community, and for council and staff. And so it's, it's crucial that council evaluates its options and really finds ways to get creative around creating more value. You see, our community has priorities and needs. Our community has a long list of amenities and features we'd like to see in a, in a land like that. And the key really is that instead of it being a zero-sum game where we're taking away development potential or we're seen to be standing in the way of development potential, 
work with the developer to create more value, work with the developer to create a scenario where they can create partnerships or opportunities so that the community gets more out of these lands. The community gets something they're gonna be proud of. The community gets something that they're going to, to cherish for, for years and years down the road. So council has a crucial role in this. Uh, council arguably is, is in the front seat and needs to be clear on what they're asking, clear on what they're expecting, and communicating with residents that it can't be everything, but it will be a great solution. So off of that, and, and thank you for, for relaying that information, I'm thinking about master plan communities. So these are where, you know, I think of uh, neighborhoods in North Vancouver where you have, uh, you have a grocery store, you have a hardware store, and they're centralized. So in other words, you don't necessarily have to get in your car and drive a long way. They've, they've got these commercial hubs in these neighborhoods. Is that an idea or thought? Is because obviously urban sprawl we want to stay away from. Is that a thought process for council and the official community plan? Absolutely it is. And Rick, the beauty of this property is its proximity to everything else that downtown has to offer. And so the ability to ensure that it's linked in with bike lanes and, and transit, the ability to ensure that it's not car-centric, the worst outcome would be everybody living there and then working somewhere else in the community and driving there on a daily basis. We want to ensure that doesn't happen. The north end is chronically underserved with grocery and so making sure that's part of a solution I think will be an important part of it. Making sure that it has features and amenities that people want to come and see but doesn't need to duplicate the downtown. This is the challenge with any master plan community. Everyone is different. And so this one should build on the greatness that is downtown Kelowna and then provide amenities, features, and, and housing that's much needed. So very quickly, if you can kind of go over your, your platform. We've, we've heard bits and pieces, but is there a, is there a top three for you and, and that you want to relate to uh, the listening audience? Thank you very much. Yes, my name is James Kay and I'm running for City Council 2022. A vote for me is first and foremost about respecting the taxpayer. It's about ensuring that we have the amenities and, and infrastructure and facilities we need, but not necessarily overspending into areas that we, we don't. And so it really comes to being fiscally responsible, being frugal and making sure the investment choices are, are justified. That's step one. Step two is about concrete action on housing. We need more of it, we need more options, we need more solutions, and in doing that, we need the infrastructure like the roads and the bike lanes and the transit to support this kind of growth. So my second tenant is absolutely about concrete solutions to create the wide, broad range of housing that we, is much needed in this community. The third key tenant is around efficient operations and optimizing City Hall. City of Kelowna has more than a thousand employees doing great work out there fighting for our community every day. But it, staff need the mandate to, to push harder, push faster. They need the accountability to ensure that we're responding to people in a timely manner, that we're getting things to council and through council in a timely manner. Council isn't to be the, the um, bottleneck or the slowing down the process. Council should be helping expedite. And so the third tenant of my, my campaign is about making sure staff have the resources they need to do the very best they can. So let's go back to uh, Parkinson's. Some might argue that only a certain percentage of the population will, will go to Parkinson's and will go to the new facility and utilize the, you know, the services. In, in your eyes, and it's a huge expenditure, and, and, and some people on the other side of the fence go, 
should we be spending that much on activity and leisure and all that kind of stuff? Because we need roads, we need infrastructure, we need a, perhaps a, an upgrade on the water treatment. Like there's a lot of other priority, some might even call essential services. Where, where do you fall within that? Because like I said, I, I've only seen initial drafts of the Parkinson plan, but it's, it's an expensive nut. <laughs> Rick, this is one of the key reasons why I'm running. I look at that one particular project and I, I do question the need. I question, I really question the expense. I know there are a lot of shared benefits. Let's take a step back. The citizens of Kelowna want recreation facilities. We want world-class facilities. We want amazing opportunities for pools and gymnasiums and, and other features. This one's innovative in terms of working with the school district. But when I look at the cost, I know where the money's going, and I don't agree that the money should be spent this way. You could have several community facilities out in other areas of the city. You could be talking about the Highway 33 extension. You could be talking about a massive investment in transit. And so, no, I think council really needs to be very careful with this one. I think it probably needs broader community consultation, particularly around the funding. If this is not coming from savings, or if it's not coming from reserves, where is the money coming from? And so this one decision, I have real concerns and I'd like to make sure that every option has been considered and every alternative has been, been discussed. Because interest rates are going up. They are. Yeah, and not by a little bit either. So we're, we were just chatting about Parkinson, but I want to go off of that um, with the different towers, with the population growth, and, and with a lot of guests that I have on the Rick and Friends show, a lot of people might argue that transit is actually, like moving people throughout the city is going to be one of the biggest logistics for Kelowna in, in the years to come. And congestion and all that kind of stuff, and especially July and August when, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of Albertans here, and, and thank you for bringing your wallets. But for a lot of us, transit is going to be, and, and again, transit hurts because there's a, there's a period of time where infrastructure is being built, people are inconvenienced, let's do it five years from now when, you know, I've, <laughs> when I'm in a different place. But where does transit fit for you? Because obviously this is going to be one of the, again, we, we talk about crossroads, but I, I truly believe Kelowna is at that crossroads. Transit's a very important part of, of mobility and getting people around. But I want to caveat that, Rith, it's not the only piece. Kelowna has set some very aggressive targets for getting people out of cars and getting people on transit and on bicycle. And while I support those initiatives, there is a large contingent of the population that drives and has to drive, taking the kids to school, picking up groceries on the way home, going to work. And so while we can't build roads to build our way out of congestion, we absolutely have to be mindful that if we're growing by 10, 15, 20% of the population, we do need new roads to support those. And so the investment in getting around has to be balanced with fixing some of our existing traffic issues, creating a wide range of, of transportation options, but also including new roads to get people around. It is important to remember that we're a four season. So a lot of people cannot take their bikes in November through February, especially. I've tried. It's, you know, it's a bit chilly and I'm a bit of a sissy. So, um, so for me is that, you know, I, I appreciate bike paths. I really do. But for me, it, it doesn't seem feasible to commute to work in that November through February aspect when, when we have snow on the ground. 
The city is making some very progressive moves, uh, ensuring that there are end of facility, um, you know, end of end of trip facilities uh, year round for people is a big part of it. You can you can drive through the snow or ride through the snow and then have a shower at work. Those types of steps are critical. Plowing bike lanes critical. E-bikes a game changer. But you're absolutely right. There is a, as a group of people that will not be riding in in those weather conditions and they will result resort to their car and so we need a combination of solutions here tough question do we like doug do i like city manager do you like him i do yes yeah i respect more importantly i respect him okay well okay Uh, because this would have made the next part awkward (laughs) um No, I, I I actually enjoy Doug's. Uh, I, I'm I'm kidding, of course, but what what I'm thinking about is how important is that city manager's role when it comes to council? I mean, he's really your executive director and 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 really the the first is you know servant to the city and to council and everything else. He's in a tough tough position. Um, how closely can you work with uh, Doug Gilchrist and 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 what does that relationship look like? The relationship's important for people to understand. City Council sits and sets vision and direction and makes decisions, and they have one employee, and that is the city manager. And so everything from council needs to come down through the city manager, who then has the mandate to direct the forces and the resources of the city to get things done. And so that relationship is very close and very um, complementary. Conversely, the city manager commands a team of experts and a team of knowledgeable people in all areas of the city. The city manager brings back information and recommendations and ideas, and and so it is a very tight relationship. Uh, The city is lucky to have Mr. Gilchrist. He does a great job. He leads a team uh, that does strong work. The key here is that they're pulling together. The key here is that that council's making directions and scrutinizing recommendations, asking tough questions, making sure that the recommendations coming forward are, in fact, the very best for the city. You know what? As I sit here, I'm trying to be a journalist. I'm trying to be... But a lot of the things you say resonate with me and my mindset, so so good on you. I'm, I'm a tough, tough guy to please. Um, now, before I go into the last question... A lot of people listening are going, well, wait a second, he's a home builder, he's a developer, so is he just going to rubber stamp any development permit that comes through and is, you know, because obviously for some people, that's the evil side of things. You're not going to be looking after the the social side and, and a lot of the things that make Kelowna great. Where do you stand on that issue? Thank you for the opportunity to address it. The key here is that I'm very tough on development. I'm very, I have a very high standard of very high expectations. In fact, for five years, my role in development engineering was to push back against development and make sure that the infrastructure they were providing, the sidewalks, the the uh, amenities, the features were exactly what the city wants. So I'm used to scrutinizing, I'm used to pushing back, and I'm used to holding them to a higher standard. This is what I do. The flip side, however, is that the community will benefit and community needs certain things like attainable housing. And so my understanding of that part of the industry, my understanding of how it works and how to build partnerships with those players is hugely valuable. And so no, it's not about approving every development that comes before council. It's about being very selective, but it's also about being very clear in advance. This is what the community wants. This is what the community needs. And then inviting the private sector to meet those expectations. Any last thoughts before we uh, we call it a day? What uh, Anything percolating in, in your mind that you want to address? 
I'm running for council, and if I earn your vote, I commit to being there for four years, coming prepared to the table, coming with tough questions, being prepared to, to dissect an issue from all angles. Whether I happen to be the lone vote or whether I happen to be part of the majority, my commitment is to fight for the citizens of Kelowna, making sure that your money is being well spent, making sure that we're creating new housing, and making sure City Hall is operating as efficiently and as accountably as possible. Thanks, James. Thank you, Rick.